Hey Alec! Today we're going to talk about an actor with the last name Fox. Jimmy Fox. No. Megan Fox. Vivica no. A. Fox. Oh, Close. I know. Red Fox. Close. No, no, no. George Clooney, who played the fantastic Mr. Fox. Close. Well, who is it? Michael J. Fox. <sighs> this is heavy. We're a couple of guys who like to watch movies. Cinema nerds who made it our duty to make a show where we break down, discuss, and review. We're the men who watch movies. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Men Who Watch Movies. My name is Alec. And my name is DJ the Movie Man Wagner, also known as CUE of the Men Who Watch Movies. And here with me is the Vice President of the Men Who Watch Movies. Would you give a big, big Movie Man welcome to Alec Castro Home? Yeah, baby. <laughs> it's good to be back for another episode. Welcome. We're going to talk about the wonderful Michael J. Fox. We just watched... Uh, the Michael J. Fox documentary still on Apple TV Plus. I finally got a subscription, uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some of his other movies that we enjoyed. Uh, we're just going to have fun talking about a great actor. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful episode. Hopefully, you're going to enjoy this. Uh, but first, like we normally do, we're going to we're going to get down to some business. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. We're going to talk about some news this week in movie news. Cue that intro. All right, we have a lot of great stuff for you this week in movie news, so let's blast through this. All right, uh, our first bit of movie news. Now, this is Rumorville, but apparently Sam Raimley, Raimley, oh gosh, Sam Raimi is reportedly in final talks to direct Avengers Secret Wars. Ooh. I think that would be amazing. I, I love Sam Raimi. I'm, I'm a huge that fan. That sounds fantastic. Now, I, I know I might sound like a noob, but uh, I was first introduced to Sam Raimi through the Spider-Man movies. I know, I know, all the Evil Dead fans are, are crying out in, in pain and hatred, but, uh, but that, you know, that's what got me into the Evil Dead films, was knowing about Sam Raimi through Spider-Man, and he's, he's a great director. He's so, well, actually, he's speaking of Sam Raimi... There was, and this was rumor, of course, this was going to happen in Spider-Man 2 with Doc Connors, but Rumorville, um, they were going to actually uh, get um, uh, Dr. Connors to portray the lizard That's in right. live action, but they didn't get a chance to, so they they just used him as, you know, like uh, just a normal doctor, but it did show him with the jacket and the... Um, I think like the the no arms. Yeah, he was missing an arm. So they, they kind of set up everything. A very very good reference. Lizard, but we by never the got way. to see it. It's very kind of, very awesome. It's kind of like uh, how we never got to see um, 
you know, uh, Billy D as Two Face, and then to replace them in the next movie. It's it's a very similar situation. So very similar. I, I you know I wish we got a Spider Man four, uh, and of course the great John Malkovich was supposed to be the Vulture. That would have been amazing, but we didn't get to see that. But don't get me started on that. Not to get too off topic. Not to get too off topic. <laughs> uh, reportedly, um, some of the other uh, directors in the running were uh, John Favreau, Ryan Coogler, uh, and uh, Dest- uh, Destin Daniel Crenton. Uh, but uh, so reportedly, like I said, this is still speculation. But uh, Sam Raimi is in the, is the front runner because uh, all the other ones are busy with other projects and whatnot, and so he it looks like the most viable option. That would be excellent. I know some people, uh, you know, are are probably hating that decision because uh, I know some people are talking shiz about. Uh, about the latest Doctor Strange movie, I think it was. Uh, I think it was great. I think it was fun. I love his directing style. Uh, what do you think? Oh, it looked awesome. I mean, did you did you enjoy the the um, multiverse of madness? Oh yeah, I I loved it. It was yeah. very so, very I mean, good. That, if you look at that, we can expect some of that style <laughs> and flair to transfer over to Secret Wars if he were to do it. So. That would be, I, I would hope so. I, I would enjoy that a lot. All right, next bit of movie news. The Flash director, Andy Muschietti, reveals he might be directing the upcoming Batman film for DC. Uh, so it looks like we might have a director for that. I'm excited to see, um, you know, what the you know DC universe has in store for their Batman. Of course, we have the wonderful Robert Pattinson's Batman, which I love. Oh, uh, yeah, very, very awesome. But uh, this is going to be interesting. It's, and, of course, it's going to be entitled uh, Batman, Brave and the Bold. Uh, where you have uh, you know Batman's son as Robin, so this is going to be a d- you know different take on on the Batman uh, lore and whatnot. And of course, the Flash movie that's going to come out in June. So, oh yeah, prepare yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. You know we're going to have Michael Keaton. We're going to have a whole bunch of cameos, but I am not going to spoil it. So, I mean, we don't know anything for sure, but yeah, let's not let's not see any. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's going to be some surprises. So, speaking of the hang Flash. On. Speaking of The Flash, uh, our next bit of movie news. Apparently, Andy Muschietti, uh, who we just talked about, um, he says that uh, if they were to do another Flash movie, he he wouldn't see anyone else but Ezra Miller in the role. I think that's very controversial because all the bullshit that Ezra Miller, uh, you know, has done. Uh, What do you think? Do you think uh, they should replace Ezra Miller or do you think they should go with Ezra Miller? Well, if it's going to be his last role as The Flash, I mean, he should just do with some style because... If this is his last role, and I'm assuming that it's his last role, but um, yeah, if they're going to make another Flash movie, then they should replace him. I mean, that's what we've been speculating is that this would be Ezra Miller's last role. Uh, but like I said, Machete was saying that you know Ezra Miller is perfect in the role, and that they uh, are unreplaceable essentially. And you know, I think I don't know. I think if they're you know already canceling you know other people like you know. Um, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, Jonathan Majors. If they were, you know, if they're canceling Jonathan Majors based off of pure, you know, speculation, he wasn't convicted with anything. Um, you know, of course, Marvel hasn't officially said that they dropped him yet, but they're hesitant to go forward with him. Uh, I'm assuming, and um, you know, other studios and projects, and uh, his repre- representation has dropped him. And so I think if they're, you know, willing to go full ham on, you know, Jonathan Majors, he hasn't been convicted. Uh, you know, Ezra Miller has, you know, been convicted of stuff. Uh, I think it's just kind of whack that they're um, willing to go forward with him. Yeah, I'm I mean, a little, little disappointed, now, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. Hollywood is Hollywood. Now, this is the director saying this. I don't know if WB would go forward with Ezra Miller, but I don't know. 
I think it's just, uh, I think there's other actors uh, that would do a great job as the Flash. They should give a chance to, you know, particularly people who aren't, uh, you know, criminals and whatnot. But uh, anyway, that's just, that's just my opinion, man. All right, moving on, moving on. Uh, Al Pacino, oops, that's not a picture of Al Pacino. Al Pacino, <laughs> apparently he's following suit, uh, you know, with his buddy. Uh, what's his name? I'm dropping, uh, I, my brain cells are dropping here. Um. Uh, Robert De Niro. You know how Robert De Niro just had uh, another child at his age? Well, apparently Al Pacino is expecting baby number four with his girlfriend, uh, Noor Al... Uh, excuse me, I can't pronounce anything properly here. Noor Alpha La. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm, I'm terrible with names. Uh, what do you think about this? This, this It looks this... really, really interesting, but is this <laughs> going to be the end for Al Pacino's career? Or is it going to be no, he's still, a new beginning? I mean, it sounds like a new beginning for him. I feel bad for that kid. He's, uh, you know, they're going to have such an old uh, father. But what do you think? Uh, what do you think oh, about this? I think this? it's going to look good. I mean, it's going to look good because, you know, El Pacino is, you know, a legendary actor. I mean, that kid's going to be set up for life. So. For Scarface. <laughs> and, of course, El Pacino is going to be a very, very good dad. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't feel too bad because, you know, the kids going to be set up for life. You know, they have a famous name attached to them. They're going to be they're going to do well. But uh, what do you think about this trend of, you know, all these old celebrity actors having kids at their age? I think it's uh, really, really, really different. But uh, (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Really different. Way to go, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We're fans of your movies. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on, moving on. This is another uh, Rumorville situation here. Uh, apparently, uh, there's there's some rumors going around about the casting of Fantastic Four. Again, you know, the, the, the people are throwing out names left and right. Uh, who, who do you want to see as the cast of Fantastic Four? I want to see Emily Blunt as the Invisible Woman. I want to see John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. Oh, so you like you like John Krasinski as oh, yeah. Mr. Fantastic. I think he did okay. People were shitting on him. Uh, I think it was fun seeing him in the role. I would have liked to see Yoan Gruffid as, as Mr. Fantastic return oh, one yeah. more time. That would have been great, but we didn't get that. Um, who, who would you want to see as the other two? I have no idea, but uh, maybe Chris Evans could reprise his role as the <laughs> as Johnny Swarm. I don't think that's happening, but that would be hilarious. Maybe Michael Chippen's uh, so, as so apparently, uh, apparently, there's an insider. <clears throat> now, I don't want to. I don't know if these. Are, I wouldn't consider this a spoiler. We don't know. Um, but apparently uh, there's rumors that Adam Driver is going to play Reed Richards. Uh, Margot Robbie as Sue Storm. Paul Meskel as Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. And David Diggs as Ben Grimm, the Thing. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to see. Wow. Uh, nothing's official yet, folks. Well, so. nothing's official, ladies and gentlemen. But, you know, it's just Rumorville, so don't take my word for it. Yes. Yes. Definitely. definitely. Good advice. Good advice. All right, uh, next bit of movie news. Danny, Master- Danny Masterson has been convicted on two counts of forcible rape and Ooh. faces 30 years in prison. Um, it's going to look bad for his career. Oh, yeah. I mean, his career is long dead. Uh, I mean, he deserves what he gets. Um, I mean, he's Scientologist, so that, that's a whole other topic I don't want to get into, but uh, <coughs> fake religion. Um, but... Um, Besides that, uh, I mean, you know, it's been a long time coming. I mean, he's been having mistrials and this and that, putting things off because of COVID. Uh, now he, this sex pest gets put away. So um, he belongs where he well, belongs. Well, actually, before he was convicted, he was on a, a TV show called The Ranch, which oh, was yeah, a spinoff right. <laughs> of that Sydney show. But there was a lot of cameos. There were there was some actors in there. But this is before he got convicted. So after his final episode 
I have no idea what happened, but you know, I guess it just happened that, you know, Masterson was convicted of stuff like that, and I'm like, you know. Yeah, I mean, he gets what he gets, and if, you know, he did what he did, he, he deserves to be well, you know, in prison. He uh, um, did mention in that 70s show, he did mention those words prison. That's right. I remember his character said that, uh, you know, I think they asked him where he, where does he see himself in a few years? And he said prison. So he was right. Yeah. He was, he, he foresaw the future. He knew, he knew what he was doing. He knew he was an awful person. Uh, now, you know, it, it's, it kind of sucks cause I love that 70s show. The character is pretty funny, but every time I look at him now, I'm going to think that is one big pile of shit. All right. All right. Moving on, moving on our next bit of movie news. Here's some more rumors. I love rumors. Um, and now just remember these are rumors. Um, so apparently in Deadpool 3, of course, we're going to see the return of the great Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, but there's rumors that Holly Berry, James Mardson, and Famke Jansen are rumored to reprise their roles as Storm, Cyclops, and Gene Rumors. Wow! What do you think about these rumors? That's going to be awesome. How many times can I say rumor in one minute? That's going to be awesome, you know? Reprising those roles? I mean, fantastic. I mean, I'm I hope gonna... so. That's fun. See, I love those works. X-Men films. That that's what brought me uh, that's what brought me uh you know into the Marvel fandom is seeing, you know, the X-Men movies and Spider-Man movies as a kid, you know. Of course I love the the 90s cartoons, but uh, those movies really launched my fandom into the stratosphere, you know. Uh, I think you would agree with me, you know. I remember seeing those in the theaters. It was it was fun. Oh yeah, the first X-Men, second X-Men, third X-Men, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Not too happy about it. I mean, it was a little strange. <laughs> yeah. A little strange, a little weird, but you know, it is what it is. Very, very good script, but very, very silly. It had potential, but it, it, it missed the mark for me. But uh, that's my opinion. All right, all right. I hope those rumors are true. Uh, next bit of movie news, Harrison Ford. Uh, apparently, he told the stunt people to leave him the F alone on the set of the new Indiana Jones movie. Apparently, he was doing a stunt where he was riding a horse, and he's like, you know, I'm an old man. I, I want to look like an old man. I'm not trying to pretend I'm young by any means. Uh, apparently, the stunt guys uh, were kind of like kind of bracing underneath him just in case if he fell. And... Uh, and he thought, you know, he felt like he was being groped. And he's like, just leave me alone. I want to, you know, I don't want any help here. If I fall, I fall. It happens, you know. Uh, what do you think about that, uh, you know? A little, little interesting, actually. You know, <laughs> very, very different. But, you know, doesn't Harrison Ford have a stunt double? Yeah, but, I mean, he's, he's a wild and crazy guy, man. He flies planes. He's gotten into plane crashes and he survived. I think, you know, I think he has a little bit of a wild streak in him. So, I, you know. I could see him doing something like riding a horse without... But they did do that uh, wonderful CGI. <laughs> yeah. There is that CGI where, he makes, where they make him look younger again. But, you know, again, you know, Harrison Ford will always be the great, great legendary actor. But we hope he makes his comeback as General Ross in... The oh, Thunderbolts. Yeah. Well, it's not necessarily a comeback. I mean, he's, he hasn't gone anywhere, but that'd be great to see him as that character. Can't wait. As Red Hulk also. Um, can't wait for the... I mean, you know, let's, uh, that'll, be, that'll be cool if we do see Red Hulk. Uh, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, and I definitely want to see the new Indiana Jones movie. That, that looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Our next bit of movie news. Oppenheimer has earned an official R rating. Uh, and apparently uh, the IMAX film prints are 11 miles long and weigh 600 pounds. Now that's a big Twinkie. Um, <laughs> are, you interested in, are you interested in this movie? 
Well, yeah, I'm very, very interested because, you know, I'm a fan of Christopher Nolan. I'm a fan of, you know, Cillian Murphy because he has this wonderful performance of, um, you know, Scarecrow in Batman Begins. He had a little cameo in Dark Knight. Yeah, uh, that's the, right. The prequel. Then, of course, he was in The Dark Knight Rises. So very, very awesome for his cameos. And so this is going to be great seeing him in like a leading role because uh, I heard in, like an interview with him. I, I read an interview. Where he was saying, it's, you know, it's great being in those, you know, side roles, but, you know, he really wanted a, a, a role where he was front and center. Now he gets that chance. I think he's going to do great. He's a great actor. Uh, I definitely want to see it because uh, Christopher Nolan was saying that it's best seen in 30 millimeter on IMAX screen. He's like, you totally get lost in it. It's almost like watching a 3D movie. You're so immersed in it. Uh, would you want to see it in that big format? I think that would be great. I would. Yeah, very, we should, very we should check it out, man. We should check it yep. out. Yep. All right, all right, next bit of movie news. Uh, apparently, uh, Amy Pascal from uh, Sony is saying that a Miles Morales and Spider-Woman live-action movie are in early development. I mean, we all knew this, knew this was coming. I think that's going to be great. Oh, yeah, and uh, I think people have those uh, Burger King crowns of um, Spider-Man oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hats or whatnot, but, you know, who are who is going to be the villain? I mean, like, who's going to be know. the villain? I don't know. Nothing has been released yet. They said it's an early development. They're just, you know, they're just barely, you know, hashing out the idea. Of course, they can't write anything because the writer strike is still going on full force. But uh, well, it's good to um, know that they're going to. There might be some type of villain, but I don't know which one. Maybe the Tinkerer. I'm not sure. Well, they remember they had the Tinkerer in the in Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. Yeah, There's... but uh, but in the new one. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming. Uh, I wonder if this is going to be partnership um, with Mar- uh, with uh, Marvel still. I mean, you know, like Marvel Studios and Disney. Uh, hopefully, you know, I hope they don't do like their own Sony verse version of the. I don't know, that'd be weird. I hope it's part of the MCU. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I don't know. Only time will tell. We'll see what the villain is. I'm sure they have uh, something great up their sleeve. All right, all right, all right. Moving on, moving on. Oh, Moana. Have you, you've seen that uh, animated uh, Moana movie, right? From Disney. Oh yeah, it's very, very good. I liked it. It was, a, it was a good movie. Apparently, uh, of course, they're making a live action version of it, right? Apparently, they're bringing on uh, the Hamilton Broadway director uh, Thomas Kale to uh, direct the film. So that's gonna be interesting. Um, I don't know if we needed a live action version this soon. Uh, but uh, you know, because like something like Little Mermaid, you know, it's it was it came out like in the eighties, so it's like yeah. I mean, I could see them doing a live action reimagining of it. But Moana was just like a few what, a few years ago, so and it's a little weird. But hopefully, you know, hopefully it does good. I heard the Little Mermaid was great. Uh, those some assholes are like review bombing it, giving it like one stars and shit. Those you know jerkwads. But whatever. Uh, I heard it was great. It's making some good money. So good for good for them over there. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this Moana movie does. Um, I heard The Rock is reprising his role. I think we talked about that. I don't want to retread on anything. Uh, next bit of movie news. Uh, and we have some sad bit of movie news for you. Uh, actor John Beasley uh, from Everwood and the Soul Man is dead at age 79. He has passed away. So R.I.P. Good Sir. Uh, we also have uh, Sergio Calderon. Uh, he was on a bunch of roles. Uh, the one I know him from is Men in Black. He played one of the aliens at the beginning of the film. Um he has passed away at the age of 77. Uh, he's been in a bunch of other movies. Uh, R.I.P. Good Sir. He's also in Duck, You Sucker uh, for John Huston and Under the Volcano and for Arthur Hiller in The In-Laws. And uh, we also have another uh, individual, Jesse Maple, 
who broke barriers for black women in entertainment and news as both a cinematographer and director had passed away at the age of 76. So uh, rest in peace. Um, you know, they will go down as legends in very, cinema history. Very, very, sad. We uh, will remember you very, very much. Definitely, definitely. Well, this brings a wrap to this week in movie news. Now let's get on with the show. All right, all right. Michael J. Fox. Uh, so, I mean, what did you think about that documentary? Oh, it was awesome. It was terrific, you know. Uh, the uh, documentary and the uh, they took the clips from the Johnny Carson show and, you know, just made it, you know, very, very um, real and very, very good. And it's sad that, you know, Michael J. Fox is struggling with Parkinson's, but... We wish you well, good sir, and we Definitely. hope you have a speedy recovery. Yeah, I think that was the hardest part about watching this. Um, you know, I I read an you know an interview with the director. Um, he's the one who did uh, an Inconvenient Truth with Al Gore. Um, apparently, he you know Michael J. Fox had one stipulation. He's like, I don't want any violins. Like he basically he just said like, he didn't want to make it a, like a sob story about how oh you know what was me I'm dealing with Parkinson's, but. Uh, you know, so it, it must have like a lighthearted, uh, you know, ness to it. Uh, just kind of bringing the facts of what he has to deal with. Uh, but it was very hard to watch, you know, being a huge fan of Michael J. Fox, you know, it was tough to, you know, see him like that. But, uh, I think it was very matter of fact, you know, I think it, he just brought his perspective to it and how he's, you know, keeping on, keeping on, you know, I think that's inspiring. You that know? is wonderful and inspiring. We hope he feels better. Um, was it after Spin City or was it after Back to the Future that he got Parkinson's? I think it was like right after Back to the Future 3, I believe, because it was in 1990 when he was diagnosed. So as long as I've been alive, he's been dealing with this. Um, but he didn't come out with it until later. He was afraid that people you know, would judge him for it. And, you know, and, and he didn't want to admit to himself that he was dealing with it. He, he actually became an alcoholic, remember, in the movie. He was struggling with that, so he started drinking and kind of trying to convince himself you know that he was you know it wasn't an issue and isn't uh alcoholism a part of parkinson's or is no that no it's not part? like it's not like a direct you know it, he was just using alcoholism to deal with the fact you know that he had parkinson's because you know it's it's t you know it's tough to go through something like that as we saw in the film uh so he just started drinking to kind of um soothe himself i guess you know uh but you know he, he eventually became sober and he's still sober to this day um, but yeah, I think it was cool to seeing, you know, it was, you know, we saw him modern day, you know, dealing with what he has to deal with, but then it was intercut, um, kind of with, you know, the beginning of his career, you know, throughout today. So it was, it was really neat. I think the method of it too, um, you know, not only did the, did they use recreations, they refilmed some, some reenactments of him, you know, on set it back to the future and other movies and whatnot, and throughout his childhood, uh, but they also intercut it with like clips uh, from his various movies. What did you think about that? I think that was interesting how they did that. That was fantastic. It was. It, I remember seeing that trailer. It really got me excited. Like uh, seeing, and it was so fast paced and cut. When they 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 show clips of, uh, you know, the, the behind, uh, you know, right behind, not his behind, but they showed, uh, you know, right behind Michael J. Fox as he was walking on set. Uh, to Back to the Future, and it, you know, obviously it was a recreation. They didn't have footage of that, but you know, they're putting on his uh, famous, uh, you know, 
vest that looked like a life preserver and um, they handed him his, uh, his video camera that he was recording the you know the time travel test with and uh, he's walking on so you see the DeLorean roll by and then all of a sudden uh, the camera cuts to the actual footage of them recording Back to the Future with a with the film clapper and everything like that and then it just it was cut so perfectly and it just and it was exciting and I don't know I think it really got me in, uh, interested in seeing this documentary and it, right away I knew it was something different and uh, it delivered definitely um, I think they executed it perfectly. Would you say? Oh, very, very, very much. They did. It was very, very awesome. And I give this documentary uh, ten out of ten. I would agree with you. Ten out of ten. I never give anything ten out of ten, but it was amazing. Uh, I, I, you know, I hope it wins awards. I, I, I definitely see it winning awards. It was. It was not only was the, the content of it just you know amazing. Um, but I feel like the, you know, the directing, the, you know, just the whole concept of it, it was just perfection. I think it came together. Uh, I recommend it highly. Uh, it's just interesting. What, what is something new that you didn't, you know, uh, that you didn't know about Michael J. Fox that you learned from this? I didn't know that he was too, um, was it, he was too small for some roles or he, what was it? He was yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, that's true. Just, like he was like, super, you know, he's a really short guy, you know, so he, you know, he got turned down for a lot of stuff. He almost got turned down, uh, you know, from the role of uh, Alex P. Keaton uh, because, you know, he was short. They didn't believe that he was tall enough to be, you know, the guy who played his dad. They didn't, they didn't believe he was tall enough to be his son. Uh, at first, Gary David Goldberg, you know, he's the creator of the show. He uh, he didn't want Michael J. Fox. Uh, but then, you know, they did like a, a reading of the script and then, you know, everyone was just busting up laughing. And then finally he's like, hey, where, you know, where, where, where are you keeping this kid from me? Uh, you know, I, he's he's great, and then he he got convinced, and then there was another producer, um, can't remember his name right now, but he didn't want Michael J. Fox, uh, Brandon Tartikoff, he didn't want Michael J. Fox as Alex P. Keaton, and he was like, no, I don't see this kid on lunchboxes, like he's not the you know he's not that kind of you know actor that we would want for one of the lead roles of our show, and then uh, you know of course he blew up as Alex Keaton, he actually improvised the middle initial, I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, it was like one of his first scenes. He was on the phone. He's like, Alex P. Keaton here. And then he apparently improvised the middle initial. So that's funny. Um, and of course, people loved him as the character. And he became like, he shifted from just like a side character to like the main character of the show. And uh, eventually, Michael J. Fox ended up on Lunchboxes. And he sent Tartikoff a uh, Lunchbox with his face on it. And he signed it for him and everything. I think that's hilarious. Um, but yeah. One thing I learned that I didn't know is just like how much he struggled in the beginning. You know, you don't you don't think about these things. Um, you just think like, oh, he probably got into acting and he hit it off and he became famous. But uh, I mean, he was really like broke. Like, he, you know, he started off, you know, doing plays at a school and whatnot. And I guess the, his teacher sent him a like a newspaper, an ad looking for I forget for what show it was. It wasn't that medical show, but it was for a different show when he was like super little. And um you know, he sent he sent him a role. They were looking for someone who could play younger because he was so small, short, right? And then so he he actually got the role, but he was barely making anything. And then of course he was doing that. Uh, what was that show? That doctor show? Doctor John Trapper, M.D. That's right. Yeah, he was doing shows like that. That was those were like his early roles. Um, Very early. And of course, when I first saw it, I was like, "Who is this actor?" And I'm looking <laughs> closer, and it's. It's Michael J. Fox. Yeah, he looks with so those different. Jerry Lewis glasses. Yeah, he looks so different with the glasses and whatnot. He looks like Jerry Lewis a little bit. <laughs> kind of. With the glasses. Uh, but yeah, and then he was barely getting paid anything. Like he was, you know, he, he was living in an apartment in the slums of Beverly Hills, as he put it. 
Um, and eventually, like he he was like he was like living off McDonald's, and like he had to sell off his belongings and his furniture. And I think I heard in like an interview he was like dumpster diving and whatnot. I mean, it's just you don't think about things like that, like you know, like how you know little he had before you know he actually hit it off. And even when he got cast as Alex P. Keaton, like I said, you know, they didn't want him in it right away. And so even though, you know, he had the potential of making, you know, so much money and finally hitting it big, like they were still holding off because they weren't sure. And so he was kind of in limbo. And then finally, you know, kind of everything fell in place after, you know, the audience, you know, in America saw him as, as you know, Alex Keaton. Uh, and of course, you know, Back to the Future was not far away. I think, I think initially... Uh, I'm not sure what other movies that he got. If you know, I don't know if he did any other movie. I know he auditioned for um, a movie uh, with Robert Redford. Uh, it was called Ordinary People, and he got turned down. Like you know, he got turned down for that role, and then eventually got Teen Wolf, which uh, we'll talk about then a little bit. But I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Teen Wolf holds up? Oh, it does. It definitely holds <laughs> up. You know, it holds up because you know Michael J. Fox is the kind of actor who would do anything for a film. I think it holds up because of Michael J. Fox. But other than that, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely not the best movie if, uh, in terms of movies, you know. Um, but, you know, I watch it because it has Michael J. Fox. And let's put it that way uh, for nothing else. Uh, but then he was, apparently he was doing uh, Teen Wolf. And then uh, he was talking about how, you know, he was in this, you know, B movie budget film, and then he saw that you know they were filming um, what we know as Back to the Future. Now, uh, you know, you know, he he knew that um, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg was attached to it, and he's like, man, you know, I want to get in a movie like that. <laughs> and one comment that he made, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, he was like, oh, I can't believe Crazy Crispin, referring to Crispin Glover who played his dad in, in Back to the Future. Uh, he's he's like, I can't believe Crazy Crazy Crispin got in a movie. Uh, produced by Steven Spielberg and I'm over here doing this B movie with, you know, I'm covered in yak hair. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I laughed at that, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I didn't know that he filmed uh, teen wolf first. So that's interesting. Uh, but apparently, no uh, he had gotten an offer for back to the future, but, uh, Gary David Goldberg, uh, had, had kept it from him because they wanted, they wanted him to, um, stop filming, uh, family ties, uh, in order to shoot Back to the Future, but he's like, no, there's no way I'm doing that. So he kept the script from him, and then finally, after they filmed all the stuff with uh, what's his name, um, the, the first guy to play Marty Marty McFly, uh, uh, Eric Stoltz, Eric right. Stoltz, yeah. Uh, after they had shot the stuff with Eric Stoltz and they realized it wasn't working out, they tried, you know, getting Michael J. Fox again, and finally, that's when Gary David Goldberg admitted, hey, you know, I kept this from you, and. He's like, you know, if you do this, you're not missing a day of work. So I just, you know, it's crazy. Like you see, you know, I've heard about this before, but like you see all this, the struggle he went through trying to get back and forth to set, you know, he would, he would go like at, uh, like super early in the morning to the set of family ties. Um, and then, uh, he would work all day and then around like six, he would head, you know, he would have like a guy drive him to the set of back to the future, you know, way until like the early morning. And then he would get like a couple hours of sleep, you know, have, and then have someone drive him back to the set of family ties. It would just be the circle. It's constantly working, man. It's like, I don't know how he can do that. And he was so tired. Uh, sometimes he said like, he didn't know what set he was on. Would you be able to do something like that? I don't know about that. I'm not a morning person, so I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> That's you know, tough, it's, man. Uh, it's tough stuff. Yeah, but he did it. Like, I mean, he's a hungry actor. He's going to do what he has to do, man. And um, 
and he was like, I don't even know if this any of this looks good. Like, I'm so tired. I don't even know. Uh, but then Back to the Future hit it off, man. And launched him into the stratosphere. You know, I think that's great. They made three movies. Back to the Future 1, Part 2, Part 3. Uh-huh. Initially, it was just supposed to be the first one. The whole ending at the, you know, when the DeLorean flies off, that was just supposed to be like a little joke moment. It wasn't initially setting up a third movie. But, of course, you know, Universal, they have a huge mega hit on their hands. They're not going to leave it at one movie. And then, uh, you know, they came to, um, you know, Bob Zemeckis and Bob Gale. And they were like, we're going to make one with or without you guys. So if you want to be a part of it, here's your chance. And so normally, the you know, I noticed that Robert Zemeckis doesn't like doing sequels. Of course, he did romancing the stone which initially convinced the studios to make back to the future and um you know they made a sequel to romancing the stone that the jewel would, of the nile yeah and he wasn't part of that so normally he doesn't like doing sequels but i think back to the future was so special he's like i can't not do it so you know and then of course you know bob zemeckis returning is, and you know and bob gale returning is what brought the rest of the cast back because they're like hey if bob and bob are doing it we're we're, we're game you know uh, but yeah, it was just initially that first movie and you know, what a movie it was. I mean, it's, it's like one of those movies that's like lightning in a bottle. Like very, you, very much. You can't capture that magic that, you know, there's always been talk about reboots, especially nowadays. There's so many reboots, reimaginings, uh, soft reboots, sequ- you know, you know, sequels. I mean, we got like a, we got another Indiana Jones movie coming up. We got so many yep. things coming up. And of course um, the other reboot is. Matlock with uh, Kathy Bates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but uh, you know, of course, they brought. They always bring up like, you know, would you do a Back to the Future four? Or what do you think about a reboot? And they were talking to Michael J. Fox about it, and he's like, you know, I, I think it's completely unnecessary. There's nothing really new that you can bring to the table. And I completely agree. I mean, it's like a lot of people. They're very like political about it. They're like, oh yeah, you know, if, if someone could do it right, you know. But you know, I, I think he's. I think being being honest, he's telling the truth here. You know, it's like, especially he's not saying just with Back to the Future. He's like with other movies too. It's like, unless if you can bring something new to the table and say something interesting, like there's no point in doing a reboot or, or you know, another movie. It's like, and I feel like Back to the Future is 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 wrapped in as in a neat of a as neat of a bow as you can. You know, and it doesn't need another movie. It doesn't need a sequel. It doesn't need a reboot. Uh, there's nothing new you can really say other than like setting it in modern times. And it's like, he would be traveling back to the nineties now and it's just unnecessary. I think it's a movie that holds up, you know, it doesn't need a reboot. What do you think about that? Well, it's a very, very good way of pointing at that. You know, nowadays we don't need reboots. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, reboots are yeah. movies that are going to be rebooted and tweaked a little for creativity. Now, I mean, now, all reboots aren't bad. I mean, you have something like, or, you know, like uh, remake. You know, they used to be called remakes. Now they're reboots. Um, but all, all remakes aren't that bad, you know. You have, um, look at, like, Scarface. That was, like, a remake of a movie from, like, the 40s, right? Or something like that. With, uh, with uh, Paul Mooney. And so what's interesting about that is that they actually had something new to add to it. They 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 totally changed up the, the vibe and the setting and the context and they made something interesting. You know, it's where it's like a whole different movie almost. So I think it's like you know, that's where a uh, a remake has its value. It's when you excuse me. It's when you bring something new to the table like like uh, you know, Michael J. Fox was saying. Uh, but 
other than that, it's like if you're just going to remake the same movie with nothing new to add to it, it's like there's no point. So I agree with him. I'd say that leave Back to the Future alone. Leave, you know, and other great movies too that, you know, unless if you're going to do something cool with it, don't do it. Um, kind of like Ghostbusters. Anyway, not to get too off topic here. Not to get too off topic. Uh, but yeah, Back to the Future launched him into the stratosphere. And it kind of is the, the movie. I'm not going to talk too much about it. I want people to see it for themselves. But uh, and, it, and it goes through, like, you know, the height of his career and how it just like, you know, how that kind of changes a person, how, you know, his behavior changed because of it. And he um, goes through more of his personal life at the time and how he met his wife. I think that's great. I don't know that they met on the set of Family Ties. And um, there's some amusing moments there about how they met and you know, how their personality differed so much. But that kind of attracted them to each other. You know, as they say, opposites attract and whatnot. Uh, she kind of kept him in check. You know, she was no bullshit. And he, you know, he was like the big man on campus. And so he, you know, where he thinks he's such hot shit now because, you know, he's, he's the, he was a big star at the time, you know. And it goes through, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the other movies that they did, the, you know, his kids being born and his, uh, you know, eventually, you know, the tragic passing of his father, uh, which, you know, really, was, you know, had an impact on him, of course. And, uh, you know, it was because he was one of his biggest, you know, proponents, you know, he, he was very like, uh, from what, you know, he said in the, in the, uh, documentary, he was like a very strict father, but then, um, when it came to time for him to, you know, try and venture off into uh, being an actor, he, he really he was there like side by side with him, helping him out. He drove him out to Hollywood. He's like, you know, if you really want to do this, you know, you got to go for it. You know, he's like, I think the term that he said was like, if you're going to be a lumberjack, might as well go where the trees are. And so he drove him out to Hollywood, drove him out to all his interviews, encouraging him the whole time. So he was like really like in the thick of it with them, you know. Um. And then, of course, it shows, you know, his moments where he learned that he had uh, Parkinson's and stuff like that. It's, it's a, you know, what a tough thing to go through. And But his wife stuck through him, you know, stuck by him the whole time. Uh, very interesting stuff. I mean, it was definitely a wonderful documentary. Very, very, very uh, awesome documentary. Very, very historically accurate. <laughs> very, very different, actually. Yeah, you know, very, very creative. Very, very, love, very creative. Yeah. True events, by the way. Oh yeah, that I didn't know about, but you know, it's great that they showed um, Michael J. Fox on uh, Johnny Carson back then. It was so fantastic the way they showed it. Oh yeah, definitely. And they showed uh, Family Ties clips. They showed, uh, I think, Back to the Future clips. But you know, it was it was it was, it was a stuff. really really good documentary. Doc Hollywood. What was what your someone like aside from Back to the Future? And we can go about Back to the Future for days. And eventually, I want to do. Uh, uh, like a, just a video all about the trilogy, but um, what are some of your other favorite Michael J. Fox movies? Uh, Doc Hollywood and Life with Mikey. Those are good. Those are good. The Doc Hollywood, I, I, I've seen it like once, um, but I remember liking it. But uh, what was that about again? Life with Mikey? No, uh, Doc Hollywood. Oh, Doc Hollywood? That, that's when we're... Um, uh... Like he's like a big shot doctor, right? Yeah, the and big then... shot doctor is... Um driving and he actually crashes into a farmer's fence fence which actually turns out to be the judge so mm. he uh he he, gets sentenced I think... to like community service to uh something i i don't want to give out the spoilers but <laughs> spoilers. i'm not too worried about spoilers but like i think it was like he was supposed to start like a big a big like like a big shot job in hollywood right yeah like a plastic surgeon but of course he in uh grady in the great yeah. city of grady yeah they ends up in a small town so it's like a fish out of water of course, story 
the great late David Ogden Sires, who plays the uh, mayor or the, uh, uh, well, he, I forget what his character's name is, but he dresses up like a squash. <laughs> so that makes his character more that. colorful I, I, I don't and remember awesome. too much about it, but I know it was good. Um, but yeah, you also mentioned Life with Mikey. That was hilarious. Uh, of course, you have the great uh, Nathan Lane playing his brother. They're like, um, they work at like a talent agency for kids, right? And uh, Michael J. Fox's character, he was like a child actor. Uh, and then he, he, it was like a, I think it was like a sitcom in the 70s. But it almost reminded me of like a Leave it to Beaver style, like family comedy. Very, very much. Where he was like the, the main character, you know, Mikey, the kid. And, you know, they now they run this child agency that's like a talent agency that's going under. Uh, you know, they, they're like hard up to try and find like kids uh, with any talent. Uh, they have like this roster, uh, but there's only a one that's like um, semi-talented and he's like a big asshole, <laughs> essentially played by David Krumholtz. Uh, he's been in a bunch of other stuff like Numbers and whatnot, but uh, he's, oh, and he, he was in the, the Santa Claus. He played the, one of the, I think the, like the head elf or something like that. Um, but he was, he played a good jerk in that movie. Uh, and eventually, uh, uh, Michael J. Fox's character runs into this girl uh, like stealing people's wallets on the street and she tries to do this big sob story when he confronts her and realizes that you know she's a good actress and uh, but she has like this troubled home life and whatnot she's trying to run away and uh, she makes up a story about her dad being dead and whatnot and I don't know it's just I think it's a good story it's a wonderful story um definitely uh definitely I would recommend that one to watch it's fun it's it's nothing like groundbreaking or anything but it's a it's, it's a fun story to watch it's, it's funny, family friendly it's family friendly it's great uh there are references to uh batman and batman returns oh that's right <laughs> what, what, i vaguely remember that what, uh, what, what are they referencing that uh one of the kids has like the the batman toys from batman 89 and batman returns or sounds, sounds I, familiar. I, I think he likes the 89 batman better than batman returns I guess so. Which makes sense. And then, uh, oh yeah, I remember I'm watching it and there was the actor from uh, The Big Lebowski in it. Uh, he played the head of the cookie company that the girl was auditioning for. Uh, she was trying to do a commercial for that company. And uh, the guy who was the head of the company, he played Mr. Lebowski, the rich the, the rich shyster dude from that was him. Big Lebowski. Yeah, that was him in there. Uh, yeah, he looked exactly the same. He's one of those actors. I think he's one of those like, hey, it's that guy, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that was funny. But uh, not to get too off topic. Uh, Teen Wolf is another one that I love watching. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, definitely, definitely not a. I think without Michael J. Fox, uh, I don't. I don't think it would have been remembered as much as it do, it is today. And of course, they did like a reboot in the fashion of like a teen drama show. Uh, but uh, I don't know. What do you think about Teen Wolf? It's a very very. Uh underrated movie but with <laughs> michael j fox it is awesome and incredible yeah. like i said he, he makes the well movie. done uh it's definitely very dated um i mean even even at the time there was an interview in in uh in the michael j fox documentary uh where back to the future had just came out it was a huge hit they were interviewing him on some talk show it was like some morning show or something 
And then they're like, oh, and then there's another Michael J. Fox movie coming out. Do you think it's going to give it a run for its money? And they were talking about Teen Wolf. And he's like, um, yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, you know, he didn't want to badmouth the movie that's coming out. But, like, you could tell he was like, no, it's definitely not as good. <laughs> Even when he was on the set, he was like, man, I wish I was on the other set uh, on the bigger picture, you know. But <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's fun. I mean, it, it has, like... I got to say, though, the music is very underwhelming. The score is awful. It's like the synthesizer score. I mean, that's one thing. Like, I know Back to the Future is a way bigger budget movie, but I mean, the score, the score is just perfect. It had a lot of gravitas, a lot yes. of high octane yeah. music. I mean, that's one thing that uh, they really wanted. They wanted that old Hollywood type score, and that, that, that makes some of the smaller scenes seem larger than life, you know? And with, with this movie, it literally starts out with no music. Uh, it shows the title sequence and whatnot. And throughout the whole movie, like I said, it's like that bland 80s synth music. And they have some of the most awful like soundtrack ever, <laughs> like unmemorable music. I know it's probably lower budget and whatnot, but you could be creative, guys. Come on. And uh, I don't know. It's just typical uh, 80s party movie with a wolf in it. Uh, I mean, the overall story is good. Uh, it's basically about, uh, you know, where he learns that he has like these wolf powers inherited from his family. His dad is also a werewolf and he has to learn how to, you know, let, you know, not let, you know, those abilities change who he is as a person, basically. And then the dad in the, in the movie, uh, he says with great power comes great responsibility. I thought that was, that was interesting. He's given like the uncle Ben talk. Um, I thought that was uh, that pretty much sums up the whole movie though. It's, it's essentially, you know, he he's part of a basketball team that sucks and his you know, he's unpopular. He wants to date this popular girl. There's there's a girl that he's friends with um that likes him, but he he's like kind of interested in her and he wants the popular girl and whatnot. And he wants to be the, the great basketball player. He wants to be, you know, socially popular and all that stuff, but you know, he just it's just not in the cards for him. He he wants to get out of his small town and he doesn't want to work at his father's uh, he works at like some like kind of like hardware store, right? And um you know, he just wants more. And then eventually he learns that he's a werewolf with all these abilities, he starts using that to gain popularity and it starts changing him, making him a jerk. Uh almost kind of like uh, not unlike Michael J. Fox's rise to uh to celebrity, you know. Very, kind very of much changed him and then eventually Team Wolf is awesome. I highly recommend it. Uh, watch it on whatever streaming service they have. Uh, I give this movie a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Teen Wolf, a 10 out of 10. No. Yeah. No. No. Uh, I would give it a 6 out of 10. All that, all the points go to Michael J. Fox. Like I said, he makes the movie without it. Without him in it, it would have been lost to the history. Oh, yeah. He the, is a the, legendary the pit of time. thespian of an actor. Yeah, he made that movie. Uh, he was way better of an actor than that movie deserved. But uh, anywho, uh, I mean, it was like I said, it's it, it's fun if you just put it on, just you know, just to watch. It has the the guy who played Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure in it. Oh yeah, I saw. He's it. like the typical oh. fat dude in the movie. He has like <laughs> liverwurst in his locker and shit. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a good little story. Like you know, don't let you know. You know, not to change who you are and to, you know, kind of humble yourself. And, yeah, I mean, basically the movie ends with him. Um, you know, he he basically starts, you know, becoming more aggressive and whatnot. His father warned him because 
I guess like the person who's the vice principal was like kind of bullying him and his now wife um, back in the day. And then he scared him so much that he pissed himself or something like that. And so he was warning uh, Michael J. Fox, say, hey, you know, don't become something that you're, you know, that you don't want to become. You know, he's like, I know I scared that guy that day, but also it scared me more because like I don't know who I was becoming. So you better be careful who you become. Kind of like Uncle Ben was saying, you know. Um, this is the time where you change into the man you're going to change into for the rest of your life. Just be careful who you turn into. Uh, so that's like the moral of the story here. And eventually he decides that, exactly. you know what, I'm not going to compromise who I am on the inside. I'm going to not appear as the wolf because, uh, you know, eventually with his wolf powers, you know, they were, they became great at basketball. The team was winning all the time, but it was just, you know, him doing all the work. And, uh, you know, at their big, um, you know, big final game, he decided not to show up as the wolf and play as himself. And he won anyway because, you know, because he, he learned that, you know, the, all the all his abilities not, didn't come from the wolf. It came from him, you know. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, like I said, the underlying story is great. It just it was it wasn't executed that well. Although uh, one thing I thought that was funny was when they would uh, surf on the cars. Although I wonder if anyone can try to emulate it. That's so dangerous. Um, very, very much. <laughs> I feel like they showed if they showed something like that in a movie nowadays, um, people would be pissed because then the kids would want to try and emulate shit like that. They're always doing like stupid TikTok challenges and dying because of it. Um, I can imagine someone trying to car surf for real, uh, doing they were doing like backflips and shit onto the, on the cars as going full speed down the street. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I believe this uh, brings uh, an end to this episode of The Men Who Watch Movies. Um, like I said, uh, we fully enjoyed uh, the Michael J. Fox documentary. It's called Still. Uh, you can check it out on Apple TV Plus. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, get that subscription if you don't have it. I'm not. I don't. This isn't sponsored by Apple TV Plus by any means. I did not want to get Apple TV Plus, but I saw this. Um, you know, I saw the documentary. Um, trailer and i was blown away by the, just the trailer alone and so i had to check it out i'm a big fan of michael j fox so uh if you you know you can get a you can get like a like a trial where you don't have to pay for it and just watch it and if you want ditch it but it's a great documentary i'd recommend it um yeah it's you know i definitely hope it wins uh awards and whatnot um well, I had fun talking about Michael J. Fox. Very, uh, very much. And uh, next week, we'll hopefully bring you some other great stuff. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about, but we'll we'll uh, we'll have something great for you guys. My name is Alec, and my name's DJ the Movie Man Wagner, also known as the COE of the Men Who Watch Movies. <laughs> and we encourage you to click that link down below. Subscribe, please. For more content. We, we got a couple more subscribers, so thank you. Uh, we went from 19 We hope this video goes viral. Um, thank you for subscribing. Uh, I hope uh, I hope you enjoy what we got going on. If you have any opinions of what you want to see, if you think give us a Q and A, we're doing something wrong, write it down in the comments below. Give us um, a Q and A. Tell us in the comments your favorite Michael J. Fox movie. Yep. Tell and, us your uh, favorite movie. And of course, oh my, God. my podcast has I totally forgot to talk about a whole the... bunch of stuff about uh, Seinfeld and other sorts of movies, like you know Ray Stevenson movies. But uh... I totally forgot to talk about the Frighteners. But maybe oh. we'll save that for Halloween. I, th- I don't think we talked about that yet. The Frighteners is a very, very awesome movie with a very, very talented cast. Michael J. Fox is great in the Frighteners, but let's save it for Halloween. Uh, I don't want to. 
I don't want to talk about that quite yet, but I do love that movie. Uh, it's, like I said, it's been great. Subscribe. Also check out his channel. Uh, it's called Movie Man Behind the Scenes. We'll put a link for that on the end screen so you can check that out. Uh, yes, and we hope you join us next time. And remember to keep, keep on, on watching. watching. Thank you, everybody.